must be that time. Ben Pack is here. Tuesday, two o'clock ish. That's right. It's Tuesday. Best time for the club. Two ish. It's club o'clock. That's right. A double shot of Ben and Jeff into your day here in the midday. Double day, double dog, we double dog dare you to listen to this That's show. right. Double day, inventor of Abner Double Day, inventor of uh, basketball or baseball? What? Abner, uh, Abner Double he Day? Can- if he's Canadian, it, then it's basketball. It was Knight Naismith, like Mike, Mike Nesmith, but not Mike Nesmith was the inventor of basketball. Double, it's, it's got to be the baseball guy. Got to look this up now. Why didn't he call it double ball? That's, you know, because there's only one ball. Uh, yes, yeah, baseball. That's true. Uh, is it Abner? Was I, it was Abner. It Abner, Abner. Doubleday. It was Abner. Sound the alarm. Hit the Abner button. God, I wish I had a soundboard. Yeah. This, I mean, we'll all, <sighs> you know, look, we, there's, uh, I think, some technical changeover that's going to be happening here with some new gear here in the podcast studio. Yeah. So there's always possibility that maybe that would either create room for a soundboard or something to that effect. I don't know. We should figure that out. Holy cow, we got a lot of questions in here today. Great. Awesome. That's the why we're here. This is the after show, which we like to call Abner Doubleday's Giant Bombcast After Show with Ben and Jeff. Say that one more time. I don't remember. Actually, I'll just listen back to it. I eh, have the technology. Eh, you know, eh, I wouldn't. But hey, if you're going to. I have uh, to. Oh, by law. It's literally my job. Literally. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. Um. I've uh, we're here to take your questions after the the podcast uh, on whatever topic, everything from stuff we discussed on the podcast to stuff that I forgot to, to talk about on the podcast, like Tony Hawk's tweet about how he's no longer working with Activision, kind of finally confirming what we pretty much knew to be true. Right. What about Lil Wayne? Uh, Lil Wayne, I believe, uh, I, I believe Baby signs all of Lil Wayne's contracts, so it's a long term, oh, yeah. uh, no money deal. So Lil Yikes. Wayne is, I think, probably. In the next seven or eight Call of Duty games. Hey Jeff, this is unconventional. Yeah. Uh, do you do you want to hear a quick? Up- I'm asking you if okay. a call is good. Do you want to hear an update about Soundwave Radio number stations? Yes. Okay. Sure. I will let this person know. Okay. Yeah. I I would like to know about that. Yeah. I would, I, I would too. <clears throat> um, and I've got some questions here. So if you yeah, there was instructions for getting in touch with us via voice uh, here in the chat in our live chat here. Uh, and also, if you just want to send a text question question over really quickly, you can use the ask a question button at the top, and I'll pull up some of those while Ben is pulling up some of the others. And uh, yeah, uh, Game Lord Twelve says, "What game in your eyes criminally never got a sequel?" Mine is Metal Arms because Activision Blizzard is sitting on that yeah. IP and won't let the original dev make a new one. Fuck yeah, Metal Arms rules. Metal Arms, that was the one you're like a glitch in the system. Glitch in the system. You're a little yellow yeah. robot, right? Like B.O.B., but different. Yeah. It yeah. was, I mean, it wasn't like amazing, but it definitely had potential. Yeah. I, I, I remember it reviewing like, okay yeah. at the time. I was like, yeah, this game, it was the type of B game that doesn't really get made anymore. It's like, here's this solid entry in like a well-worn genre uh, that, that you're not kind of, you know, not going to set the world on fire, but that doesn't mean it's not enjoyable. Uh, along the way what game in your eyes currently never got a sequel i don't my, the first thing that came to mind actually is kind of a reboot which is technically a sequel of sorts but i just think about syndicate i think about the ea reboot of syndicate that Starbreeze did and i would have liked to have seen more of that personally uh i liked that uh did you see the crackdown uh, this is from ash bash did you see the crackdown is now backwards compatible and is 4k on the x 
Uh, I did not see that. That's cool, though. A uh, little little res upgrade for some of that stuff uh, is is neat to go back to sometimes. Are you worried about Crackdown 3 because there hasn't been any new news recently? No, because like there's never been an abundance of Crackdown news. You know, they've never like really said like here. You know, they showed it. It was playable at E3. I played it. Yeah, it didn't seem great. That's that's the thing that makes me a little more wary of Crackdown 3 is that it didn't seem great. But then they have pushed it back since then, which seems to me like an acknowledgement of the reception was not particularly positive. SmithW says, what are your thoughts on the on SOS? Which is, yeah, that's a game that's out on Steam. And uh, I don't know. I tried it. Uh, and it seems like in a world in a world where Twitch didn't exist, it, that game would probably be a little more interesting. Uh, but in my limited experience with the game, uh, it was a fucking hellhole. A uh, bad time of, of people talking to their streams and doing separate streams and just like shouting racist shit. And it was uh, like the the game itself didn't seem especially great, um, but I could not get past the like voice chat aspect of it. It was like, man, fuck all these people. I don't want anything to do with any of this. Um, so, yeah. <clears throat> Neodyne says, is the GameSpot studio being broken down next door? I don't think so. It looks they're just like getting ready for a shoot. I oh, are they? Them, okay. Like, All right. Moving stuff around. Oh, I guess the door was open. Maybe the, the yeah, camera can see, see the... over there a little bit. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think they are. Um, There's only two people in there, so I don't think it was getting torn down. Because okay, usually yeah. that's a big... I was going to say, if they're tearing it down, we should, we should steal that space and do something cool with it. Uh, how about stuff on your end? You got a caller for me down there? I do have a caller for you. In fact, they're on the line right now. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi. Hey there. This is Caleb calling from St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada. Hey, Canadian Caleb, what's on your mind? Well, Jeff, uh, you share my love for media ephemera and shortwave radio and number stations. Mm -hmm. So I thought I'd give you a quick update on a weird happening. Uh, Number stations continue as they always do, but a bunch of people who follow them actually were able to decode a bunch of North Korean transmissions. Oh, wow. Uh, did they just like, uh, did they use the same, like, instead of like a one time pad, did they just use the same cipher too many times? Something like that. It's kind of weird. The, the, the gist of it is that it's not the main North Korean transmission, but they have like a second, like Morse code style one that is just for their different embassies around the world. Okay. And so it's not the, you know, top secret kind of stuff, but people were able to decode that because it wasn't as secure. Yeah. And the there's a lot of fun details about them, like, retransmitting stuff to all their embassies to, like, Venezuela and Cuba and stuff like that. And then just half of it is, like, the transmitter, the people passing the message on, just being like, oh, yeah, I got that message. Oh, yeah, we'll pass it on. Oh, wow. uh, and if any anyone wants to check it out, it's uh, P-R-I-Y-O-M.org is uh, one of the big number station news yep. sites. And yeah. they've got the details. Cool. Yeah, I have not uh, been over to that site in a little while. I will... Uh... I'll open it in a tab now so I can read it later. Yeah, that's uh, that's fascinating. Anything particularly scandalous in there? Or was it just kind of like... Uh... Honestly, from what I've seen, it mostly just seems to be entertaining and how mundane most of it is. Yeah, yeah. That, that always seemed like it was probably the case. Well, cool. Thank you very much for your call. It's, it's great to get an update. No worries. All right. Have a great day. You too. Take care. I bought a radio that would uh, pick up shortwave uh, stations, even though... 
in California, there are very few number stations that you can pick up well, unless you got like a pretty serious antenna. Yeah. Uh, but one night I was able to hear one of the Cuban number stations. Oh, how did yeah. that go? Well, it was, me, it, like- it was, it went, it was like people saying numbers in Spanish. Uno. Yeah. A lot of Trente those. cinco. Yeah. No, there it's, it's like a zero through nine sort oh. of situation. So it's like a more of a cero. Ocho. Probably some letters and stuff too in there actually now that I think about it. Bay. Yeah. That's B. Yeah. I bet if actually if they were saying numbers, they would probably still use the NATO alphabet because it's built for, you know, transmission clarity. True. Whereas actual Spanish, a lot of those letters sound very similar over a radio. Um, but yeah, you, there's a, a program you can install um, that will let you connect remotely to sh- like radio transmit radio antennas around the world. So like you get an SDR, a software-defined radio, and you set that up on your computer and you hook it up to the internet. People can connect, connect to it and listen to whatever frequency they want. And so you can connect to an Australian antenna and listen to like Australian FM radio or just like weird other transmissions. There's not that much happening. These, well, I don't know. Maybe there is and I just don't know where to look. But I would love to just get like a loop of Australian radio commercials. I just want to listen to – like I was at a party recently – and they had a projector excuse me and on that projector they had just uh, a youtube channel that mm-hmm. plays japanese tv commercials mm-hmm. of all kinds just you know right. like there's yeah. youtube channels yeah, yeah. That stuff. Yes. it was really cool because we were just sitting there and watching them and like you know some of them would be like boring or whatever but then some of them would have really random twists at the end and right. we kind of follow along it's it's cool i love foreign advertising for whatever reason, the sort of thing that you know, if you, if you well, yeah, you're right. Some it, it's, it's like just different enough, but I think like the I guess I should go look. It's been a while, but I was gonna say I feel like the English speaking world has homogenized in a way that that stuff is maybe not as crazy as it used to be. Yeah, it's a little less. Yeah, um, but when you get outside of the English speaking world and, and see some of this Japanese stuff, and, and I wonder how much of that, if you could speak Japanese, I wonder just how mundane that would seem. Because I, my understanding is that like as someone who has watched some Japanese TV. And been fascinated by it, people who speak Japanese sitting right next to me going like, "Dude, no, this is like this is, it's like a shitty reality show. Like this guy's famous for nothing. Like there's nothing happening. Like this isn't just because they put the words on the screen as they talk does not make it actually good, right? Uh, but as someone who doesn't speak any Japanese, I look and I go, "Oh wow." Likewise, I wonder if they would think, like, if a native Japanese person would think American TV was completely underwhelming by the same standards because it seems even more underwhelming, like reality yeah. stuff. Right, right, right. And yeah. advertising. Yeah. Whatever. There's someone watching this show right now who does not speak English. And well, this show the, is great. The greatest thing in the world. And they're right. They're right. Even if they don't speak English, that still comes that still comes across. Um, let's see here. I got anything here? You... Got a little business in the back there for me? I do have some business in the back, by which I mean a caller on the line. Hello, caller. What's your name? Where are you at? Hey, my name's uh, Connor. I'm calling from just outside of Detroit, Michigan. Hey, Connor. What's on your mind? I was just curious if you guys have any uh, drink pairings that go with certain genres of video games for you. Like, uh, I just started playing Opus Magnum a few weeks ago, Mm -hmm. and that's a game that I really like having a nice cup of coffee and sitting down with a few puzzles with. Or like, you know, energy drinks and competitive shooters. That's another pairing that I like. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I necessarily differentiate too much other than it's kind of like energy drinks and whatever. (laughs) Uh, 
which I, I don't know. I, I've been drinking a little bit of coffee here and there. Um, my wife loves coffee. And so as a result, I've had some coffee. Uh, <laughs> Makes sense. I, yeah. I was not drinking any coffee at all uh-huh. uh, before. And it's, yeah, I don't know. Coffee's weird, man. Sometimes, sometimes it turns on you. Sometimes it gets a little too real. I, I, uh, I've been starting to enjoy some nice green tea while I play Dota because it helps give me a little bit of, of caffeine, just mm-hmm. like a touch of caffeine, which is good, uh, but it's also very calming. Okay. Um, yeah. You want that like energized, but calm. Yeah. You don't want to like, I don't want to chug an energy drink and then just start screaming at everyone on my team for feeding. I want to be like, guys, I really think it'd be improper if you fed here. Okay. Well, yeah, that's- Thank you for uh, oh, yeah. anything else. Anything else you got? Uh, no, I just like drinking and playing video games. I don't really ever yeah. like combo it out. Uh, although fighting games and alcohol is a very good, especially if you're in like a big group setting. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a class, like a social kind of thing. Yeah, cool. All right, thanks for your call. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, one time I drank a forty of E forty's uh, malt liquor. Nice and played. No Man's Sky. Oh, what a what a day you had! Yeah, that was that was okay. That was okay. Um, uh, Clint Eastman says, "Did you see that Reed Pop has acquired Gamer Network?" Yeah, so Reed Pop, who is the the company that owns PAX, um, bought the company that owns Eurogamer and Rock Paper Shotgun and uh. Digital Foundry and a handful of other sites and stuff like that, really, including conventions like EGX, which was the Eurogamer Expo. Huh. Yeah, they bought it. Yeah, they, what was the thing with PAX Australia? There was another PAX related purchase that um, happened earlier this or late late last year. I, I might be. Uh, well, they they started the board game one. Okay, the board game. Maybe PAX. that's what I was yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yes, that's uh, yeah, that's weird because Reed Pop is generally like in the exhibitions industry of putting on conventions. So buying content websites seems slightly outside of their kind of core, uh, their core competency. But uh, it sounds like the people that run uh, Eurogamer and all that stuff are staying on to continue to run it. So yeah, I, I wouldn't expect there would be any major changes. If anything, it probably means that the uh, Eurogamer conventions that they run over there will be potentially bigger because like you know PAX presents or, or, or i don't even know if they'd use the branding because like does the pax brand mean anything over there probably as not. opposed to the egx brand which is you know they've been running that show for a while yeah. so but now they get access to the resources exactly like the the know-how of a company that is built to run these types of events um i would expect that egx would become a bigger deal over there uh, i've heard that show's all right i've never been but but i've heard it's uh, a okay um Let's see here. Is there a white dot on the wall behind you? Do I have a blemish on my screen? I think I see it. It's like no behind your other shoulder. Yeah, that's a, there's a yeah there's a chip out of the paint back here. That's new. Is it? Or or I never noticed yeah, it until I never that noticed, person yeah, said it. I never noticed it before. But Thanks. Yeah. yeah, good going. Great. Totally ruined this room. Gosh. Um. Let's see. Uh, you got a call up there? I do. In the front? I have a call up here in the front as opposed to last time, which was in the back. Yeah. Let's take these calls up front. Hello, caller. What's your name and where are you at? Hey, um, I'm Tom from New Jersey. Hey, Tom. What's going on? Hey, um, 
I just wanted to ask you guys about how in the past couple of weeks, there's been announcements for fighting games with staggered pricing tiers. Like in the case of Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, the base game is 50 bucks, but you only get 20 characters. And then you have to pay $20 more for 20 characters worth of DLC. So the full game is 70 bucks. And also with Fighting EX Layer, Layer which is the new Arika game, mm-hmm. um, you get 12 characters and five Goki decks, which is like their gem system, yeah. for 40 bucks. And then for 60 bucks, you get 15 more Goki decks and also Hokuto, who I think is like a variation on Shirase, kind of like like Akuma, Shinakuma. Right. Um, I was wondering what how you guys feel about this. Like, Could you ever see yourself getting like a basic version? Or would you always go for the full price? Do you think that the staggered pricing is effective? Do you think more fighting games will utilize that system? I, I wonder. I, you know, th- this seems like uh, like a bit of a middle ground between doing something that is truly discount priced with like a, a, another you know layer of microtransactions and just charging the full price outright. Like, there just seems like they're trying to find some middle ground between like, okay, what's like you know what, what's a reasonable price to charge for like an entry level version of this game. That then people can upgrade if they want the the full version. Um, I'm not opposed to giving players more options as long as each option makes financial sense. I yeah, guess. like I, I feel even just comparing those two, I feel like um, cross tag battle. It, it, sure, you're, it, it kind of sucks when you're like, oh, I bought the game, but I can't play half the characters. But you're also get think of it on the other way of like, hey, I can get in on this game pretty cheap. And then if I like it, I can double my characters for like character doubler. Buy, buy a character doubler in the store. <laughs> but uh, realistically, like, oh, I can get two times as many characters. Like, I, I really like this game and I, I want to experience it. That's but the then, game where like most of the the like persona. persona characters and a lot of that stuff are all in the DLC. Which right? I feel I feel extra scummy about that because like they were when they revealed it, right? They were totally course, like, yeah. we've got characters from all these games. Except uh, oh, you're gonna have to I pay. will say I think they've said like the new characters, all the Ruby characters will be free. So that's something. Like like the the two missing Ruby characters from the base will be free. So okay. Okay. there's that. Um, I wonder if the, is that some acknowledgement that like no one would pay for those characters <laughs> or I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah it I, I think that that's you could look at it either way. You look at it as like, like like hey, it's ten. You know, games usually cost sixty bucks, so it's ten dollars more than the average to get what is effectively like two seasons passes worth of characters yeah. on a roster that's already got twenty characters on it. So it's that's not, not a like it's not like it's like hey, you get two characters in the base level version. Like those both feel those it's feel not like, like Street Fighter where you right. pay full price for the game. And then every season you got to pony up for six, five more characters. Yeah, and then yeah. the p- people who who got in who get in late get all kinds of fun breaks and discounts yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. All I would say is that I felt like when I got Street Fighter Five, like it felt like a complete roster. Whereas if I'm getting the fifty dollars version of Cross Tag Battle, I know that's not a complete roster. So yeah. I don't know. Like, that that's a good I point. Like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for your call, huh? Yeah, that's no uh, problem. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I I think that that's it's. The one thing I'll say is that I I like that companies are trying to play around with some of the pricing on this stuff uh, and not just like immediately saying like, hey, this thing's definitely going to be 60 bucks and then you're going to have to pay on top of that for other stuff. Like if they can find ways to get players in for less money, then it it enhances the potential odds of people getting into that game uh, and and all other stuff. It just seems like like that's maybe smart business. I don't think like cutting to 50 instead of 60 is necessarily like going to be a huge game changer. But you start to see stuff like that and start thinking, like, could you do, like, right now, what if they did a 
a ten dollar version of Street Fighter that was like Ryu, Ryu. and Chun Li, or Ryu and one new character, or something like that. I mean, and that's then a, that's a demo, right? I mean, if it's got all the online stuff, you can play against any other character. If you just happen to be a Ryu player and didn't want to play anybody else, you got off light. Uh, you know, and and hey, they just or sell. even like. What if they had like a League of Legends model where every right. week there was a different free character? Right. Yes. Or, or yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely like Killer Instinct was free, but I think there's room for that concept to go further in fighting with something like a League of Legends style model of just like, hey, you know, look, you're going to download the game and it's going to stay up to date because it has to be updated for all the characters. But hey, uh, we're going to sell these individual characters, all this other stuff. I think as long as the the bundles and pricing ends up being reasonable when compared to a full-price product, I don't mind. It's when you get a free-to-play game that's suddenly like, hey, and you can spend fucking $700 on this stuff. That's when it just feels like scummy, I guess. It feels feels like a bad thing at that point. Um, yeah, Nico of Death points out there was a starter edition of Rainbow Six Siege that uh, people were like, hey, don't get this because it's a super ripoff. Oh, right. Uh, and it's, yeah, so it's like, I think it was like 15 bucks for it and then you could you could buy the, the microtransactions to work up, but everything took way more in-game currency to get if you bought that starter edition. And so it kind of ended up being a bad deal in the long run. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um... Let's see here. Uh, Kamikaze says, now that Final Fantasy 15 is out and finished, in quotes, do you think the complete story is more indicative of the complete experience or is the game still a letdown? I, I mean, I, I, will, I will never know. <laughs> like, I tried to play Final Fantasy 15 when it came out, did not get to the point where they, you know, like the, whatever chapter they said was hard and whatever they wanted to add. Like, I just didn't care for that game enough to know. Uh, and I bought, I bought the, I, yeah, I, I got pretty far. No, not pretty far. I got like just out. You, you do a lot of quests in that kind of starting zone. Then it opens up the whole world. Yeah. I got to that. Um, and yeah, I was never going to play much more of it, but then I bought the mobile game. I bought that final fantasy 15 mobile game. Yeah. That's supposed to be like the game. Right. But different graphics, different graphics and different, different pricing model. Yeah. Stuff like that. Combat. Yeah. Yeah, different combat might be interesting. I don't know. I When they were putting out those Final Fantasy 15 demos, I would download them and play them and go like, you know what? I might actually get into this. And then the full game came out and I was like, oh, wait, I'm crazy. No, I I, there's, I am not into this at all. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's a better game. Maybe it's more complete. Uh, but like, I feel like most of the people that would have cared about that probably played Final Fantasy 15 when it first came out. And so like having this thing be technically better later, it's, it's too late. I think for most players, like, are they realistically, are they going to go back and play through that whole game again just to see where this, this stuff has changed or if they, you know, if they split out the chapter so you can kind of see it separately or something like that, I'm not sure if they're doing that or not. Uh, you know, do you even care enough really to go back? Like it's kind of been a while. So I, I don't know. That doesn't, this doesn't really seem like, yeah, it, it just seems like it's too late. Hmm. Let's see what we got going on here. Uh, why don't you? Uh, what, what do we got up to, uh, over there? On, well, on the call front over here. What we got is a 
internet phone call. All right. I like the internet. Somebody who has a question. Cops. Cops, 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 cops. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I picked that up the cops. All right, officer. Where, uh, where are you, what's your name? Where are you calling from? I'm sorry. I'm in the middle of New York right now. So uh, that's why you're hearing those police, uh, Jake. Uh, and I was just wondering if there are uh, any hobbies or skills you guys have picked up that you attribute to playing certain video games. Uh, it sounds kind of dumb, but as a teen, uh, the, the World of Warcraft auction house got me really interested in like markets and stuff. And I'm a fairly active uh, trader and investor now. Just wondering if there's anything like that for you guys. Huh. Awesome. That's interesting. Uh, thanks for your call. Huh. Yeah. That's. Is there anything I I um I got more into drifting as a concept as a result of video games as a result of Ridge Racer, which is not a realistic drifting model at all. But no. um, I will say thank you for that caller for using your own voice modulator to protect your identity. Yeah, um, as a day trader, it's important. important. To, yeah, uh, uh, pops and clicks. This, you know, he's out on the streets making it happen. <laughs> He's that kind of he's that kind of trader. Oh, he's out there trading on the streets, gotcha. not Wall Street. Um, I it's like all of the stuff that I was, when I was reading this question and thinking about for myself. I, I was trying to think of it, but it's all like video game related stuff. Like I really like like the idea of character design and balance because I play a lot of fighting game and MOBAs. Like I, I've kind of like yeah. gone out to read like you know David Serlin's talks and stuff. Like or or like um. Like, I've never gotten really into speed running, but I've, like, messed around with it a little bit because I love playing platformers so much, and those are, like, games that are, are pretty easily speed run, right? Yeah. You can, like, those those are good targets for it. I started watching hockey for a while uh, because I started playing uh, NHL, I guess it was NHLPA hockey on the Genesis uh, in, like, 92, 93, and learned the rules of hockey from that video game and then started watching hockey. And started collecting hockey cards for a little while before realizing that that was a, a fool's errand and getting off the hockey cards pretty quick. Um, but yeah, I started to kind of, kind of getting into. I mean, I still understand the rules of hockey. I do not watch hockey currently, but there was a yeah, there was a year, maybe a year and a half, two years there, or I guess a couple of seasons really, uh, where I was where I was following some hockey. Um, Big Knight says yes. I yeah, uh, Cracker Jack isn't just called Jack. See Jack. See Jack, yeah, is now, is now just Jack in in fighting lair, fighting EX lair, uh, as opposed to in Street Fighter EX when he was C Jack for Cracker Jack. Uh, it's just Jack, yeah. just Jack, just call Jack. him JJ. Yeah, just Jack. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm okay with that. I think it was some kind of licensing thing. Maybe they're like, oh wait, we can't we can't use the name Cracker Jack as it turns out. So, um, is that Phililith? I should. Get glasses. Yeah. Uh, Phililth, uh, what's up with the court stuff with old game servers? Yeah, so this is another thing that ESA is doing that's maybe a little less cool. Um, the game preservationists have been trying to get exemptions for uh, online games that have had their servers taken down to like try to preserve those servers or basically like kind of legalize the concept of private servers for games. Um, not for commercial purposes or anything like that per se. Um, but like the ESA kind of struck back and said, oh, well, you running a museum that charges entry, that's commercial use. You definitely, you know, don't deserve, you know, so the ESA kind of struck back uh, against that exemption claim. And, and so that's working its way through right now. Um, my feeling is that those games should be preserved uh, and, and that yeah. private servers should be, there should be some means for players to run private servers for uh, online games that are no longer online. Yeah, the 
that's that's exactly it, right? It shouldn't come down to the company in a way. Because, like, yes, in an ideal world, it'd be nice if companies could support their games forever officially. But yeah. that's just not how the world works. Nope. But as long as that capability is there, as long as, like, you know, the hundred people who really are passionate about your game still have a way to play it, that's what's important. Definitely. I think that people should be able to play Enter the, uh, the Matrix Online. Not Enter well, the Matrix. Actually, no, one, I, no one should be allowed to play I disagree. Enter the Matrix. <laughs> Nobody should be able to play Matrix Online. No, either. people should be able to see it and know and go like, man, I guess Morpheus I, is dead. Morpheus is dead. Um, and be able to see why that game shut down, <laughs> which you'd be able to see in about five minutes. Like, oh, geez, this fighting is an in- interesting idea that is not actually fun, but still an interesting idea. Um, Auto Assault is another one I always think about, uh, which was not a great game. But it, it, the part part of the reason why it wasn't a great game is because there weren't enough people playing it. Right. And so it was like this MMO where you kind of needed other people in some spots where those other people just weren't there. Uh, and the game shut down pretty quickly, and, and that was that. Uh, City of Heroes, another one that, yeah. that comes up a lot. I would love to be able to play. I, I, I played the shit out of the game and really liked it. I would love to be able to play more of that. Um. Uh, Weird says, are you guys hyped for Yakuza 6 at all? Apparently the US demo is bugged and gives you access to the full game <laughs> compared to the EU version where you get cut off after two chapters. That's exciting. I am. Uh, I played Yakuza 0. I, I should beat that. I'm pretty close to the end, I believe. But I never touched a Yakuza game before that one. Hmm. Played Yakuza 0, liked it a lot. Was like, oh, maybe I should go back and play some of the other ones. But then I realized 6 is coming out pretty quick, so... Just gonna play that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll you'll miss everything that happened between those two games. Sure. And eh, you know, you could. There's an orphanage at one point. It's, there's it's, a tiger. It's rough. It's rough. There's some rough. Michael Madsen's there. Majima wasted. Uh, yeah. There's some some relatively rough stuff around the uh, along along the way. Uh, whatever. But people do definitely like those games. But the, when those games were coming over here and getting localized on PS2, they were. I I thought they're they were pretty bad. So in these reworks, you know, Kiwami and all this other stuff, when they're kind of updating stuff or along the way, it sounds like people are, are enjoying those a lot more. Yeah. But Yakuza 0 being one that came relatively later and is a more modern feeling game, like I, I think that's that's kind of a good sweet spot. I'm honestly, like I was thinking about this the other day, but Yakuza 0 feels like one of the best brawlers I've played just because like you have the three styles which is cool you know you can can alternate between the three styles and each character has their own styles so that even it adds a layer to it but like the fact that instead of experience you're getting money and you have so many ways to get money and you can invest in yourself to unlock abilities and stuff and Mm -hmm. they all like all the upgrades feel really good i don't know there's just something about and like the finishers right uh, is a cool way where you're just not mashing right you're working towards goals that you know and the weapon stuff like it, it's I, i'm honestly surprised how much the gameplay aspect of yakuza i enjoyed yeah and it's like it, it, the goofy fun along the way really helps tie it all together yeah. too and and just like it goes so many weird places with like mini games and real estate and also you know there's like i had so to much escort miracle J- johnson mm-hmm. uh through, while he was moonwalking and doing his new dances yeah. from zomb people dressed up as zombies who were attacking him and i thought that was pretty it happens cool. 80s tokyo was that all the time <laughs> Also, like that setting and time, like yeah. Japan in the eighties. Like I just love representations of that. Like seeing it, like all, uh, all especially the like slightly suits. heightened and over the top, oh, like yeah. just in that 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 yakuza way. 
just works so well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like I, I'm interested in six, but way less so because it's not set in the same era. I, I'm, uh, I'm interested because it's it's supposed to be the conclusion of, of Kiryu's story, right? They've kind of touted so, yeah, as it yeah. like this is the last Kiryu. I wonder. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll see how that goes, but yeah. Um, let's see here. What do you got over there? I have somebody who wants to ask us a question. Great. That's exactly what I was hoping you would have. Caller, go ahead. Hey, this is Phil from Philadelphia. Hey, um, Phil. What's, hi. what's, uh, what's I on was your mind? I was going to ask, uh, what are some of the biggest challenges you guys have encountered running the wiki? Uh, either like technical, like infrastructure problems or data related, like data that you just can't get a hold of anymore due to it disappearing over time, things like that. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for the question. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, there's, there's been a handful of things over the years, um, that have been real challenges. Some of it are just, you know, decisions we made at the time when we built it, that now the data is being stored in a certain way that you look at it and go like, we should really change this because it's probably not the sanest way to present this data. But how do we do that without scrapping all of like 10 years of user contributed data along the way? Um, credits are, are, are a big one for that. Whereas right now we store credits at a game level and a game meaning we organize things game first. So it's the the name of the game. And then below that, the game is then attached to platforms. Uh, back at GameSpot years ago, we did it the other way where it was like, you have here's every GameCube game and here are all the games below it. So you had multiple pages for each game, uh, even if the games were identical. So we wanted to solve that problem. So we went the other way, uh, which I think is the right way to go, especially with the way games are released these days. Everything gets ported everywhere. But it leads to situations where you know, each version of that game is going to have slightly different credits because maybe someone did different port work here. This version got ported by this external studio. And so you really need to keep credits at the release level, not at the game level. And now that's actually going to be way too, like it's already a pretty esoteric process for people to wrap their mind around it and want to contribute to. When you move it one layer deeper, then suddenly it's even harder for the average user to contribute to it. So we made some concessions early on just to try to make the wiki more editable and more usable. Um, that were the right calls at the time. Um, but at this point, like I, I look at it and go like, yeah, it's probably still not the right way to go because the data is not honest the way it needs to be. You've got all these different versions of games. You got, you know. Like for the credits for Final Fight, you've got like the guy that ported it to Commodore 64 listed right alongside the original creators and, you know, in a mishmash of order. And it, it just doesn't fit together the right way. So I think we probably need to fix that. Uh, that that's something that that is uh, an issue. Another problem we ran into about, I guess, five years ago now, four or five years ago, something like that, is in the process of rebuilding the site um, after we were purchased by CBS uh, the whole site was rebuilt. It was rebuilt in a hurry and it was rebuilt in a way that actually made it, uh, impossible to edit really long pages or pages with a lot of associations. Uh, there was just a, an inherent bug, uh, that has lingered for a very long time, uh, that has made some pages uneditable. Um, and the good news is, yeah, the engineering team has been, uh, working diligently, uh, rebuilding that back end for the wiki to fix those sorts of issues, which kind of gets us back on solid ground. Uh, it's been, it's been rickety uh, with some of that stuff for a while. And so 
this redesign, uh, or, or it's the redesign actually, the, the the visual redesign is a separate project, but the the reengineering of the wiki will actually get us kind of on solid ground to the point where we can start to make uh, some more changes. There's stuff that like I'm been building my list here, um, and uh, kind of getting stuff together in terms of just like, well, you know, we should probably make genres into actual pages. Like right now, if you go to a game page and click on a genre, like this is really nothing, you know, you don't really get the, the thing you're looking for. So like a wiki page for a genre, stuff like that. We should, we should probably, um, think about changing the way we do game specific message boards, because right now every single wiki page has a, a forum associated with it and they just don't get used. You know, the original idea was like, Oh, well someone coming to this page for help is going to want to post a, a question about that. But in reality, the way it ends up getting used is, you know, you maybe have one or two threads on a game and then like, you know, they maybe haven't been posted to in a good long time. People don't really see them uh, and, and they're not getting a, like they're not getting a lot of use. So is there is there a good reason to consolidate some of that stuff or change the way that stuff's presented? Maybe. I don't know that, that, that I haven't really spent too much time thinking about the, the message board, individual message board stuff. But I look at it and go like, eh, is there a better way to do this? Um, so yeah, I, I think that there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff I want to do, uh, to the wiki kind of once, once we get this, this kind of initial, uh, burst out of the way search has been rebuilt and, and is, uh, working a lot better than yeah. it was, uh, cause it was, it was a damn mess though. I found it that just reminded me, I found a, a search bug in the CMS yesterday that I need to write down before I forget. Will's watching. He can great. Okay. So <laughs> I was searching for games and they weren't showing up in the related objects thing in the CMS unless I clicked on the gear and hit uncheck all and then search worked as it did on site. But before then, just like some games wouldn't show up like Garfield caught in the act would not show up as a search result. Even if I typed it in directly, I don't know. It's crazy. But anyway, um, how's the visual redesign coming along? Uh, it's being built. We've, you know, we've got the concepts kind of locked down uh, more or less. And, you know, there are probably some, other page designs to be looked at and such, but yeah, that's uh, that stuff's all coming along. Um, and it's, it's, it's coming along. I, I like the direction it's heading in, uh, in terms of, I think it'll just, it'll make the site a lot more usable in terms of just like, when you think about what we do in the concepts of shows, um, and stuff like that, like grouping shows together more intelligently, uh, grouping together audio and video versions of shows into onto one page with one set of comments. So you can toggle between the two uh, and that sort of stuff I think is, um, is going to be cool because right now there are four versions of the bomb cast that go up because it's free yeah. and premium audio and video, all that stuff. It's a, it's, it's, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it'll, it'll be good to clean that stuff up and get it all more presentable, uh, as well. Uh, uh, you got another, any more questions over on your end of things? Um, yeah, I'm going to just do something oh, shit. crazy and hit call on this person who just sent me a message because I thought it was a good question. All right. And, uh, and we'll, we'll see, say we'll hi see. to them. Yeah. Yo. Hello. Hi. Who's this? Where Where are we calling you to? Uh, this is Andy from Massachusetts. Hey, Andy. What's, uh, what's going on? What's on your mind? Uh, so I've had a pretty decent PC since about 2007 mm-hmm. and 
I've been following the site, and you guys, well, I don't want to say you guys, but GameSpot was always about console games mainly. And I always kind of felt left out just having a really good PC and all the great 360 PlayStation 3 games that came out. So a few weeks ago, I bought a 360, and I've been wanting to get like a whole bunch of the kind of console exclusives that were around during the time that I had a really good PC and just wasn't playing on the Xbox or anything like that. Right, yeah. And so right now, all I'm playing is Rock Band. Uh, so <laughs> Are you playing it right now? The, Are you playing no, the drums right I haven't. Now? It's, okay. it's on. Okay. It's downstairs. Okay. Yes. Uh, I, I, got a, I got a guitar from the Savers, nice. uh, and I cleaned it out with the Q-tip. There was a lot of what I hope was soda. Um, Oof. In the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe I'll get a new one. Who knows? But uh, they're cheap another these game. Days. But, they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I, six bucks uh, <laughs> for six but, bucks. I'd clean a little soda out of a guitar. That seems, hell yeah. that seems reasonable. Yeah. Another game that was also on my mind was Child of Eden. Uh, right. Because that was a game where it was. It felt like one of the first games where I, I saw it and I was like, oh man, I I have to see this in person because the video bit rate, just like the video quality oh, streaming, right. yeah, wasn't good enough to capture like what the, it just looked like a mess on the on my computer. Right. So I got that for three bucks instead of the forty that's on Xbox Live or whatever. Yeah. Um, What'd you think of it? I I I really wanted to like it because it's kind of a spiritual follow up to Res, and I love Res. Uh, but it just Child of Eden just never really did it for me. What would you think of it? Uh, it's currently in the trunk of my car. Great. So, great. Yeah. Uh, next to that. And I think a copy of Lost Odyssey. Oh, wow. You're really. CDs. I, yeah. I thought. So one of the downsides of being a PC gamer is I'm bad at using a controller as well. Oh. But, so I, I thought maybe RPGs would be a good way to get myself into using a controller. That makes sense. But yeah. That's, there's logic I a, there. I like it. I have a PlayStation 2 with a component cable, and I tried playing Star Wars Lego games, and I said, this game is crap, and I stopped playing. But Agreed. Uh, hey. So yeah. Anyway, long question short, what are what are some like Xbox or just general console exclusives with like that need to be played that I can't just get on a computer? I was uh, like I, hmm console exclusives. I don't know. Like that's the thing. Is it you know, I think we end up with a slightly different perspective on some of that stuff because like we really have access to everything. So it's like it, I never really keep a mental list of like this game only came out on the Xbox or this game only came out here because it's like over the course of doing this like I just kind of play everything wherever. But my initial thing I was going to say was Viva Pinata, but that did actually come to the PC. It um, did, yes. Um, but but if you, did you if you if you have not played Viva Pinata, I might suggest that uh, Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Yeah, there. That's that's my that's my actual answer. You might not like this answer, but my friends have recommended, of course, Red Dead. Oh yeah, well, uh, oh, uh, right, yeah. of course, yeah. I guess that's you know, like uh, yeah, whatever. I'm I'm not. I don't care for that game, but it's. Whatever it's it's wildly popular. You should probably check it out. Uh, I have Crackdown. <laughs> okay, yeah, Crackdown. That's Crackdown was a really fun open world game. You know, like Crackdown Two, less so, but but that first game was was pretty cool. Oh, you know what? You should check out what one of my favorite console games is. It's called the Orange Box. It's really cool. It's got um <laughs> right, yeah, three games on it. So uh, it's three a games. great value right there. Wow, is that that thing that's made by Steam? Yeah, yeah. Steam makes it, and EA put it out. <laughs> uh and it's uh it's pretty exciting 
Yeah, I remember enjoying that back in the day. Uh, yeah, no, and, uh, I I, ban- I I liked Banjo Nuts and Bolts uh, a lot. That was a that was a really fun game. I, I'd be curious to see how it holds up these days, but at the time it was it was really it was really fun. Uh, and yeah, Red Dead is probably actually like a really good recommendation there. Um, even if I just don't like that game very much at all. Cool. Thank you. All right, thanks, thanks for your call. Yeah. And thank you for that caller for calling in while he was being dangled over a balcony's edge by Suge Knight. Yeah. It was nice of him. Yeah. No, it's uh, nice to, to just hear from, from callers in their moments of need, whatever those needs may be. Um, all right. Well, I got to let's look at the chat uh, here a little bit more. Uh, do you guys remember Brothers in Arms, the Gearbox franchise? What's happening with that? Nothing. They, they announced one and killed it. And then it never kind of came up ever again. What's Gearbox working on? Uh, Borderlands 3. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're working on other stuff or... or Duke Nukem? Maybe. <laughs> like it's, it's always possible. They do own that stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think there's ever going to be another Duke Nukem game? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Like, do I think it'll be like a full-fledged retail, like full retail price first-person shooter? Like, I, I don't know about that, but someone will eventually license the property for some horrible reason. 100 toilets drop onto Duke Nukem. Okay. End of game. Roll credits. Those alien toilets are going to pay for... I don't know. Um, Let's see here. Are we planning any kind of beta rollout uh, for the new site design? I don't know about that. Uh, We haven't gotten that far yet. So... um, (laughs) So I, I'm not. Uh, I'm Wait, there's sure. a site redesign. Yeah. Oh, by the way, there's a site redesign. Oh no. Yeah. Can I see it? No. No. Okay. Actually, you, you probably haven't seen it, have you? I I saw a screenshot. Okay. There's some printouts and stuff yeah. over on that wall over there of some stuff. I think. Um, Looks good. I'm yeah. usually like my my snap reaction with like most of the internet is to hate any sort of redesign because of course, it's different yeah. no that's yeah that's um, welcome to, that's unless you're like facebook and then it's actually actively worse every time they do it somehow mm-hmm. like it's actually incredible um it's but it's I really almost like, like they're redesigning work. in favor of like their business as opposed to the people who use it yeah hmm weird um is it time for duke vr asks max b that would be a pretty Hell wavy no. thing for them to do max b but i don't uh yeah, sure. Why not? A VR Duke Nukem game where you just hand dollar bills to strippers and then just booming all around you as if it was coming out of your head. You see, shake it, baby. Uh, disgusting. You can reach down and pick up your own turds. Finally, a reason to have purchased a VR headset. Uh, ABC ZYX uh, says, given the Tony Hawk news, what are the chances of an actually decent skateboarding game being made anytime soon? In my in my head, there's going to be a really good skate sequel that is called Tony Hawk's Skate Four. <laughs> uh, you know that like EA finally like sees this and goes like the time is right. Like Tony Hawk, despite those last handful of Tony Hawk games not being great, he's still fucking Tony Hawk. He's still Tony Hawk. I'm like the Tony the Tony Hawk name is definitely probably the cheapest it's been in a while. Yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, and and that gives you an extra hook to make a skate sequel work um get his kid in it like yeah, riley hawks skate yeah. the just skate period period two periods on it for extra reboot um yeah 
I, I wonder. I wonder. But yeah, I feel like we have not seen the last of Tony Hawk's name on a video game. But I wonder how that's gonna go. He's going to Tom Clancy it and just keep going after, right. after he's yeah. gone. Yeah. But I, I wonder, like, the thing I always thought after Tony Hawk 5 came out and was fucking terrible uh, was that you would see Tony Hawk's name on a mobile game of some kind. There's some fun, like interesting physics-y skateboarding games for phones where you're almost, it's almost like a virtual fingerboard. Yeah. You're kind of putting your fingers on the screen and and standing on a skateboard that way and kind of doing tricks and and trying to do stuff. It's, it's neat. Uh, Cheeto man asks, do you think Konami would sell the metal gear solid brand? Uh, yes. Everything is always for sale despite until it's not making them money. Right, yeah. If you came at them with a ridiculous amount of money, of course they would sell it. But the value of it to them is probably such that you would have to overpay for it. And then, what is the value to you? Because at this point, what is a Metal Gear game without Kojima attached? Well, what if you were Sony buying it and then giving it back to Kojima? Or or Kojima buying it because he met a very wealthy person. He wants to make sure that there's no more. Right, yeah. Yeah. do you think when when do you think the first gameplay from Death Stranding is going to get revealed? E three, really? Yeah, I hope. Yeah. I really do hope. I, I think E three would be the right time for it. Uh, always a potential for TGS, but TGS is not usually that big. See, of a even deal. talked about what kind of game it's going to be, like in terms of like like it's just going to be a shooter like Metal Gear. I don't think so. I you know I I I've reached a point now and I think this is you know this is something that people should maybe consider you know for whatever it's worth in their own lives there are so many games coming out all the time and it's very easy to want to like I I don't obsessively follow any in development games uh anymore uh, like bits and pieces come my way through social media and stuff like that, but I don't watch a lot of trailers. I don't really, I, I stay as plugged as I, as plugged in as I need to, to do this job. And that means I hear from developers, a lot of other stuff, but I'm, I'm not necessarily out there like following every single tweet or every single thing right. about a, an in development game because there's so much stuff coming out now almost all the time. And so many older games that I haven't played uh, that I've, I've made this kind of active move to try to just kind of be in the here and now when it comes to games I can just play. And instead of like sweating details on, you know, other stuff, that doesn't mean I don't, you know, enjoy like figuring out like, oh, well, here's this next sequel they're probably going to announce. Here's this and that. Like, hey, guess what? They're probably yeah, gonna... speculating on stuff is yeah, fun. Yeah, like that stuff's tons of fun. And, and hearing the initial details and hearing the pitches for it, I find really fascinating. But like, the marketing output of it, of press releases and trailers, I just don't, I, I don't keep up with that stuff as closely anymore because most of it's just pointless. Yeah. Uh, and and so I, I like to hear the big picture stuff about like, here's what this game is without having to just like follow stuff like super closely. It's just not, It's it, there's, like I said, you know, there are so many games coming out now all the time that that even just following the release schedule of games I could be playing has become overwhelming in a lot of ways for a lot of people. I totally get your point, and it makes a lot of sense, and I kind of agree with it, but none of the other video games coming out have Empreg Norman Reedus with a baby giving a thumbs up inside of it. I mean, none that you know of. That's true. I haven't seen... There are uh, seven more of them in development that I can't tell you about. 
right. Well, well yeah. after the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, that stuff, Death Stranding. Like, I, I'm, I'm interested to see. I would, I would love to see more. I'm but just, that's, but that's like the the most exciting aspect for me about Death Stranding is to see what Kojima does with a new IP. Right. Yeah. And and with a different, I, presumably a different scale of development yeah. and a different level of budget and and that sort of stuff. Like, what does that game look like? Yeah. Does it look like a game made on a lower budget does it you know like, like how does it go like uh, that that's the stuff i'm interested in seeing uh how that all goes um yeah hmm which game console probably retro feels the best to put games into asks a rad skull my favorite was the snes had a nice click mm-hmm. on that on that cartridge the NES is just putting stuff in and pushing it down yeah, for, like as, for as much as that shit barely ever worked. Yeah, it had that real kind of VCR vibe uh, that was kind of cool. Um, I kind of like when we started getting slot drives, even though they're sometimes very unreliable, but you know, being able to just like stick discs in the front of a thing I thought was cool. I like the GameCube because you have to, like, it's this tiny little disc and then you have to just really force it on that little Yeah, yeah, nub. you to push it onto that thing. That's the the last model of PS3 they made is a similar, you know, because you just slide open the top. Oh, so you, right. So you kind of have that similar kind of slap it on the spindly thing and and go for it. All right, probably last question here, unless you get anything down there. Uh, One more from Ash Bash here. When do you think we'll begin to see next generation consoles? I have no idea. I don't even know what that means right. anymore. That, that's the that's the thing is like what is that? I mean, next generation has a connotation to it, but I mean, you know, when do we see the next level of of meaningful upgrade to consoles? Like probably in twenty nineteen, start to hear about what an architecture might look like and start to see stuff twenty twenty ish. Would that make sense? Because I mean, other than just like I guess native four K, what do you really? It's yeah, you're like more power is yeah. is really the thing, uh, and and I think more power would have been even more valuable if VR was bigger than it is. Sure, on console, oh, they've they've sold like they've hit their their targets for what they wanted to sell PSVR stuff. Like they, you know, they're they're happy with how the PSVR has been doing. Um, it's just I I tend to look at it and go like, man, compared to a PC. Which, you know, of course, obviously, uh, this is not a great experience. Uh, Jack Sukaru in the chat, totally right. Game Boy Advance was a very fun console to put games into. It, it had the good click of a, of a SNES, but it was like, it had that little edge on it. Yep. So you, that would like fit right into place. It just fit flush in there, yeah. uh, in that other direction. That was nice. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's a good, that's a good call. I mean, I'm looking up the... Okay, so 2016 is when the PlayStation 4 Pro was released, late 2016. So you figure this year will be the two-year anniversary of that thing. So I think, yeah, I think 20, that's 2018. 2019, I could see them start to maybe talk to developers about or, you know, what that thing might look like. Do you think uh, Microsoft and Sony would be on similar, like, release? No. No, I, I think, you know, just because of the distance between the release of the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X, like I think Microsoft would not be in a position to launch more powerful hardware 
without undercutting all of their existing Xbox One X owners in sure. a way that made them feel pissed. Um, but yeah, if, if you got a specs and, and announce, you know, maybe even an announcement or something like that next year, and then maybe you see like holiday 2020, maybe that makes sense. Uh, I would not feel burned if that was the timetable. If you got, you know, four years out of your out of a PlayStation <laughs> Four, out of, yeah, four years out of a PlayStation Four Pro, and then took another half step up or whatever, yeah. whatever ended up being like that. That's the that's the really confusing thing about this stuff is like, what does it mean for what the next platforms will be like, and you know, are the GPU parts available? You know, like like is Nvidia selling too many to crypto miners <laughs> and all this other stuff, or you know, into ATI or yeah, like and the violent video game tax, right? Right? When suddenly all video games are $70 because everything is violent. What do we do then? No. Um, I don't know. That's just spitballing. Uh, that's just a guess. I don't know that I would necessarily. That's just spitballing. That's just spitballing with Ben and Jeff. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us and hanging around for the after show. Um, we got a rollout for premium members here. Uh, we are going to roll out something called Giant Bomb TV. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, in a test format for premium members to take a look at. This is a twenty-four-seven video feed of Giant Bomb videos from the vaults uh, up to today. Hell yeah! Uh, and it's you know it's it's pretty slick. When the timer ticks down, you get to vote on what the next video is, oh, and cool. it kind of rolls over to the next thing. So. It's a 24-7 chat room. Um, and we're going to roll... Yeah, we're going to roll that out, I think, here. Uh, and I don't know that it's necessarily live, something people could look at right away. Um, I'll talk to Will, actually, after this. I was going to give the URL out, but I'm not sure. Okay, I'll, I'll if Will is still watching... If you are okay with people knowing the URL right now, just go ahead and, and post it in chat. There's a couple minute delay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah look out in the chat. Look at uh, W. Carwell. Yeah, if, if Will has, has, uh, has that. Otherwise, we'll probably just post it on the message boards or yeah. say something on Twitter or something like that about it. Um, but yeah, we want some premium members to bang around on that and see what's up and then probably eventually roll that out for everybody. Yeah. Uh, we got to talk about that stuff. There's some gear stuff we have to shift around before that thing rolls out properly. But uh but yeah, that thing uh, that thing came together. Fast. I, was, I was like, uh, Will came over. It was like, hey, that thing's like done. I mean, for like a good like first. I was like, fuck, real awesome, awesome, rad. Oh, yeah. It's live now with a link in the chat. Okay, there you go. So head over to if you're a premium member, head on over to giantbomb.com/tv and check that out and vote on some videos, and we'll see how it goes. We'll make, maybe make some adjustments to the timing on the polls or something like that. But uh, yeah, bang around on it. See what you think. And uh, yeah. We'll see you next week here at the after show. Ben, Jeff, have a great week. Yeah, you too. All right.